Welcome to the Wellcast. Life is messy. We're here to help you sort it out. Welcome to another episode of the Wellcast. I am joined by always by my co-host, Jordan. Oh, you're not Jordan. Not Jordan. Oh, we have a special guest co-host today, the one and only Shauna Wisely, a friend of the Wellcast and now sitting in the co-host seat. So welcome, Shauna. Thank you. It is a really comfy seat over here. I really yeah, like it. We save the best seats for us. Yeah. Yeah. Miss you, Jordan, but... But not really. Yeah, it's okay. Today we had a great episode, a great conversation with Tara Lynch. Mm -hmm. And Tara was born with a cerebral palsy and has a passion for seeing inclusivity in the church between mm -hmm. people with all abilities. And yeah, published author Tara Lynch. Yeah. Not she, just not just a pretty face. She does it all. She does. She does it all. And one of the things that we talked about, and I don't know where you are in the journey, but it's so easy for us to identify ourselves with people who are like us. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't, I don't think there's malintentions behind it all the time. Sometimes, and those people are horrible, but sometimes it's not bad intentions. Sometimes it's just we're kind of going through the motions. Mm -hmm. Well, like seeks like. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think Tara talked about how she experienced that. But I just know for me, I like comfort. Mm -hmm. And I like to just be around people who are like me. Like, I don't, I don't even like being around people who like the Giants. Well. Is that bad? I mean, yeah. I think I should it get is kind of bad. I think it is yeah, kind of bad. We have a lot of Giants fans <laughs> in our church. So uh, I love you. I'm just joking. But, but I think that where we got to was this idea that, that we have to find some commonality in our lives. Yeah, Tara really, throughout the book and through our conversation, really invites us to the same table. And that's really her heart in inclusivity. Yeah. Is not that just, you know, people with different physical abilities, you know, are a part of our church, but are, are an integrated part of our church. So they are serving, they're being discipled, they're being, you know, sought out, they're discipling other people. And really, that's what inclusivity means to her. And I never thought about it that way. But hearing her talk about where the gospel met her in her life and how she passes that on to others. You know, I'm the Regen Lady, so I see Tara at the Regen. Regen Lady, that's your the name. Regen Lady. And it's kind of like the Avon Lady, but way better. Yeah. But I've seen her around a million times. She's gone through it herself. She's yeah. mentored. I think she's had four people through. Yeah. She's helping mentor somebody right now. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Yeah. So she's really all about discipleship. Yeah. She does this thing in her book. She talks about how we come with spiritual disabilities and also physical disabilities. Yeah. And that was a really big aha moment for me. Like some lights came on for that for me. So I was excited to hear her talk about that. In her book, she says, if you don't have disabilities now, you will in old age. So we all have. That is true. Yeah. Like our abilities are not what define us. Right. You're not quite 40 yet, Mike, but I'm, I'm telling not. you, like something I'm happens at 40. I'm clinging to my 30s. Yeah. 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 Something happens in your thirties too. I remember I was trying to like jump a fence one time and I'm like, oh, I'm not 29 anymore. Literally on the day I turned 30. Yeah. Our physical disabilities. If we don't have them now, we'll have them later. Yes. So what she really is, is calling us to is to identify ourselves with Christ. And, mm -hmm. and she envisions this, this place where we don't actually have a ministry for disabled people. But we actually do life alongside of people, no matter what our abilities are. And I think it's a it's a beautiful picture. And I don't really know why it's so hard to achieve. Yeah. 
It really is. And it's funny to even just think about, she gives a very specific example in her book. She talks about, you know, because I have crutches, then maybe I'm not the best person to be in the kitchen cooking and chopping vegetables while I'm on my crutches. But there are things that I can do that really fit my ability. And that's very similar in even just our spiritual giftings and our personalities. We wouldn't necessarily put someone who is an extreme introvert as a greeter. That's interesting. What would be the worst like place you could serve in a church? Me? Yeah. Somewhere by myself. Okay. Like right now, my office mate is at home on maternity leave. Yes. And I'm all alone in my office mm. and I have I have never been less productive. Yeah. I work so much better in team. I work better with people around. I like the energy of it. So t- for me to be in an office by myself all day, Oh man, it's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. Other mm. people are like, it's a dream. I can't believe you have the space to yourself. And yeah. For me, it's worship, hands down. Like, uh, nobody. Like to be on the worship team? Oh, yeah. Nobody wants that. Oh, for sure. Me either. Yeah. Nobody wants, like, I feel like people, the seats next to me in church fill up last because people don't want to stand next to me and sing. Uh, yeah. I almost want to put out like an apology card, just like yeah. hand this to them, just like, hey, I'm sorry for what's about to happen. Yeah. But just know I'm worshiping the Lord. <laughs> yeah. And so truthfully, like Tara's point is we all have gifts and we all have not gifts. Yeah. And so we need to be able to operate as the body in our giftings and in our abilities and yet not exclusively. So I hope you enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun to talk to Tara. She's an incredible person. You'll hear about her book, but uh, it's called Mom, What Happened to Her? And it's, it's really her life story and where her passion for the local church and inclusivity was really born out of. And so we hope you enjoy this episode. Shauna, thanks for being here with me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Jordan, have a great vacation or wherever the heck you're at, but we're holding it down over here for you. What she really means is, Jordan, don't come back so I can keep doing this. Maybe. Yeah. Well, enjoy the episode with Tara Lynch on inclusivity in the church. Well, we are here with author and Christian, more importantly, Tara Lynch. Tara, it's so good to have you here. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Well, we are uh, talking today about the topic of inclusion in the church. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? What, what, how would you define that? I think that that just means trying not to overlook someone that might make you feel uncomfortable. Maybe that means because you haven't been exposed to that certain type of person that maybe you've built up in your mind. And speaking of that, I have a a particular fear that we talked about just a few minutes ago, which is I really have a fear of accidentally offending someone by using the wrong term. And so we're going to use for the purpose of this podcast, a term that uh, we talked about, but we're going to use physically disabled. And we know that depending on who you are and how you view this topic, that may or may not be a term that triggers something in you. Just know that our goal is not to offend anyone, but we are trying to bring some light to this topic that my hope is we can bring people together and unify some people. So uh, I know we talked about that. Also, I, I mentioned that you're an author. You wrote the book, Mom, What Happened to Her? Can you tell me a little bit, tell us a, a little bit about why you wrote this book? 
So that title came pretty naturally too. I think just growing up, I constantly would hear, maybe it would be a parent that would come alongside and their kid might just shout that out because they're curious. And so then I would just hear a gentle, you know, like, shh, don't say that, you know, don't, not wanting to risk in maybe offending me, but then at the same time, I can still hear what's going on. So anyway, but just what caused me or compelled me to start writing, a mentor of mine, a friend, she was like, okay, don't laugh. Like I had a dream that you wrote a book and you're on this stage and like, you know, talking about your book. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, you know, because writing I feel is not my gifting. So we laughed about it for a long time. But then I started to feel like the stirring in me, you know, that maybe actually the Holy Spirit started showing me there is something I could say, you know, that instead of letting frustration build up, you need to educate. You can't hold people to, you know, their lack of knowledge. You can't hold that against them. So then I just, with the right people that God brought around me, was able to stay faithful to the finish and get it done. So it's only seven chapters long, but it took me seven years to write. So seven, the number of completion. So mm. I thought that was pretty cool. It's really cool. So I love the example that you use because if you're a parent or have been around small children, like you know that like whatever comes into their mind, they're going to they're gonna say out loud. And sometimes it's it can be really embarrassing. So as like a parent or a guardian and you're in a situation like that, what is the way that we could say, like, you know, say, Mommy, what's wrong with her? Like, stop staring. Like, you're being super rude right now. But really kind of in that exchange, we're the ones kind of being rude. But so what is a good next step for us? Like, what can we offer our children and offer the person that they're asking about some humanity and some education? And how do we do that? How do we navigate that? And to prevent the cycle from continuing, right? And I think growing up myself, I was always like, well, I can't interject myself into this person's parenting. So I'm going to politely smile if I can, depending on where I'm going or what the situation or the room feels like, right? So that was always my go-to, just smile and, and look like you empathize. Like, you know, I understand that the mom or whoever parent is probably embarrassed, but I think it's just a matter of coming alongside and saying, can we ask you, you know, what happened to you? Bringing the the disability into the light instead of just trying to act like it's not there. Because why do we stare? It's to gain more or absorb knowledge on what we're seeing in front of us. So rather than just dodging the question, let's talk about it. One of the things that I love about your book is it's it really is a, a story of your journey in a lot of ways. I mean, it, it does call people to inclusivity and and to examine themselves. But I learned so much through your journey. And one of the things that that you talked about is along the way you are creating new disabilities for yourself. Can you just share your story with us? Uh, share your story with us. What, what was life like, kind of growing up with cerebral palsy and what are some things you learned along the way? I'm fortunate that I was always in an encouraging environment. I was never told you can't do something, which I think is really pivotal. Like God used the right people to help shape me into who I am now. But I didn't grow up in a religious home. Neither of my parents believed in the Lord. But I grew up around Christian people. And I always heard, you're special. God loves you. You know, trying to 
build up my self-confidence. I think worrying that my disability would give me low self-esteem. But what I realized is in all those years of hearing God loves me, in my mind, I built up that, oh, if God loves me, that must mean I have a free pass to heaven, right? That my disability somehow negates uh, my sin, I guess. So nobody told me along the way that actually you are a sinner and you need a savior. Right. But eventually God redirected. But I think to reel back a little bit, I do love that my parents were very like, you need to be independent because we're not always going to be here for you, which now I'm seeing that like, oh, these tendencies towards self-reliance and which isn't good. But in if you just scale back and look at it, you see that the independence was a good thing. And I, I have this vivid memory of me as a child, like playing with these toys and I wanted to move them to a different location. And my one parent was like, no, just put them on a chair and push the chair to the next destination. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So I went to the other parent, like, okay, can you do move them for me? And they were like a united front, which I was like, dang it, you know? <laughs> like, um, So it, they just taught me that I need to just figure things out for myself, which I'm appreciative of. And then at some point, you had some friends introduce you kind of to church and, and to Christ. What was that like for you? Yeah, like I said, I had that in my mind, this built-up thing that I'm going to have a free pass. And I think I I was going to church with some high school friends, but just going because I thought that that's what you're supposed to do as a believer, just the action of going to church. So n- nothing else I did within my life mattered, right? I could do whatever I wanted as long as I was going to the church building, Um, But then along the way, God introduced me to this small, tiny church here in Fresno, the Fresno Korean Baptist Church. And the people that were there, they just they genuinely loved Jesus. And I was like, I want what they have. You know, it was real. And then I just remember reading the Bible on my own and then just realizing, oh, my gosh, I am a sinner. You know, in Romans, it talks about all have sinned. I was like, that's me, you know, despite the disability, it just leapt out onto the page. So I feel like that's when I really dedicated my life to the Lord, like gave him my heart, repented. um, And here I am now. So can we talk a little bit about inclusion versus integration? And that was the first time I'd ever heard those two words sort of defined like you do. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, kind of just coming off of your story of, you know, that you still needed the gospel, you know, and, and not to just sort of be like ushered in, but like, how do, how does inclusion and integration, how do those come together? So I think with inclusion, right, you can have people of all different ethnicities, whatever it is in the same room, but are they necessarily integrated into what's going on just because they're in the same vicinity doesn't mean you're taking the time to get to know them or what their struggles are, right? So I, th- I think there's a disconnect when inclusion sounds good, right? But then it, are, are you doing life together? Are you finding out what their sin struggles are? Are You know, I think that's where the discrepancy is, in my opinion. 
I want to ask maybe a bit of a hard-hitting question because I think there's a lot of people. I was just talking to someone today who was talking to another person who said, I can't believe in the God of the Bible because I can't believe the God of the Bible would do this to me. And I hear that a lot in ministry. That's a, a big barrier for people to come to God as they look at their circumstances and they wonder how a good God could create them this way or have this happen to them. Have you ever wrestled with that? And, and, and if so, I mean, your faith is so evident. How have you wrestled through that? What does that process look like for you? I sympathize with those people that you're, you referenced, but I've always had this contented heart towards my disability, always. It was like a gracious mm. covering for me. And I don't know if that's because I was born this way, but I know because we live in a broken world, right? Yeah. There's sin. So whether that caused my disability or God allowed it, right? I've just always been okay and, and just learned to, this is the way I'm going to do life. Like I said, I understand where they're coming from and that frustration. But I think when most people look at me, they might assume, oh man, she's got to be suffering. I mean, look at her, right? But I think what people don't realize, like the limp that I have like Jacob or or the thorn in my flesh is is not necessarily the CP, but it's my pride, you mm. know, my my self-righteousness, my self-reliance, not wanting to surrender my will. So yeah, yeah. I think just submit and learning to that God is God, he's holy, and to surrender, I think that has helped me understand God's not hating on me or punishing me, right? Yeah, because in a lot of ways, like, I mean, Shauna has circumstances that I'm sure she doesn't love uh, in her life. I have circumstances that I, I'm sure I don't love in my life. And, and I'm sure, Terry, you also have circumstances that at times we don't love. And yet our circumstances, no matter what they look like, they don't actually define who God is. They don't, they don't, they, they actually tell us more about ourselves and the sin and the brokenness of the world that we find in Genesis 3 than they do about the nature of God, which we see all throughout the rest of the Bible as he is on a hunt to reconnect his people to himself. And I love that you can have that perspective and that that's the, that's the perspective that I, as a pastor, hope everybody has uh, as they think about that. And it's those that keeps us reliant or dependent on him. Yeah, I think you do such a beautiful job in the book talking about spiritual disabilities. Like, yes, you have a physical disability, and but how we all sort of bring those disabilities to the table and how the Lord meets us in that place. And that's really like the the power of your story is that like, yes, I have this physical these physical limitations, but like my spiritual limitations were really where God met me. You know, and it would be so easy to like see someone with a physical disability that's maybe even more drastic than yours and seeing like, oh gosh, that poor person, but and never share the gospel with them. If I'm that person like reacting that way, that's really my pride saying like, oh, because I'm able-bodied, I'll share the, the gospel with, a, with an, another able-bodied person and just give this person a pass or really that's not loving. And you got me thinking, I think I wrote it in the book too of like, um, I had this high school history class, right? And the teacher was talking about the Renaissance period and how people believed in purgatory or different levels of heaven, hell. And he was like, just for fun, like write down a name of someone that you think should go to heaven. 
And, you know, so we all wrote something down and he started calling on people to read whoever they wrote down. And and he noticed a pattern. Every single person was saying my name. And then he got kind of tired, I guess, like (laughs) hearing the same name. So he's like, just how many of you wrote down Tara's name? And the whole class raised their hand. And, you know, if they knew what I wrote, I just wrote down the girl's name next to me because I didn't know anybody else's name, you know. And, you know, that just showed me that this mindset of suffering must equal heaven, right? And I wonder if sometimes, like you were saying, neglecting or, or opting not to share the gospel with someone who might have a disability, you know, I wonder if that same mindset trickles into the church without us even knowing because what I hear you saying is like you're inviting us to see your humanity you know and not just like you Tara but like you in that community of the physically and even mentally disabled you know because we all have different abilities and different ways to absorb the gospel and it's just kind of the same I don't know maybe correct me if I'm wrong going down on thin ice here (laughs) but um, I used to teach preschool and like people would say oh you can't like a, a preschooler can't accept Jesus I beg to differ. I led some of those little babies to to Jesus, snot and all, and it was beautiful. And to say that, like, like we all have a different grasp of the gospel, um, and like what you're, what I hear you saying is like, see our humanity in one another. Like, let's take a moment and see the humanity, and where do we meet that with, with the good news of Jesus, right? And like you were saying, if you're not sure on how to approach it, or if they can absorb. I always say set the bar high. And if you're noticing ah. that someone cannot, isn't grasping, then you start going down to That's where they good. can get it. Because just because someone is nonverbal and can't necessarily communicate back to you, maybe they're taking it in, mm-hmm. you know? That's really good. I think we, we as humans, we have this kind of predisposition that maybe it's just me. I mean, I'm going out on thin ice also. Welcome. But I think it's more than just me. I think we we find comfort in people who do things the way we do things. I have conversations all the time with people. I, th- I think it's a whole lot less about what we look like and a whole lot more about the culture that we embody. And I am more comfortable around people who culturally are the same as me. So who do things, say things, act, laugh at the same stupid jokes that I laugh at. I find comfort in that. And, and I think that for so many people, we walk through life and we don't even recognize that that actually, if, if we just allow ourselves to continue in that pattern, we actually are excluding people who are really have a ton to offer or just do things differently or look different or act different or whatever. Have you experienced that growing up? I mean, has that been a part of kind of how you, how you've seen kind of humanity? Yeah, I think just being in the world of disability, you, you meet all different types of people and what, to your point, I'm thinking like when we're willing to be uncomfortable or yeah. put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation, that's where radical change happens, right? Or that radical love of Christ is real yeah. when we're willing to, you know, put ourselves out there, I guess. And I think about like the Good Samaritan, right? That story is well known, but think about maybe the Samaritan guy didn't really want to help the guy laying there on the ground. Like maybe he was just as uncomfortable, you know, but he did it anyway. He didn't overlook that man as a person, like you were saying, the humanity. So, 
I just don't, I don't think a lot of the exclusiveness that comes is actually uh, is something that people are trying to do. I think it just comes because we are comfortable going with the, the current. Do you think that that creates barriers to the gospel for people who are living with disabilities? Definitely. If you're not willing to be uncomfortable and you let your fear of maybe, am I going to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing get in the way, then that cycle continues where the disabled population is then left without knowing the gospel. Or if they do, it's like if you haven't built a relationship or a real relationship and you're just going to let them come to church but not address the sin, then that's, you know, to their detriment as well. So... Yeah, I hear you talking about discipleship, like that it's not just sort of, like we talk about it in, I think it's the membership class where we talk about it, it's a, the gospel is an event in time and over time. So really that that sharing the gospel, that's a part of it, right? Like that's like the appetizer. But how terrible to invite somebody to your house for appetizers and never serve them dinner, you know, like never get to the the main course of like, okay, this is what it looks like to know Jesus and sur- to surrender your sin. And that's just, that's a really beautiful, that's a privilege to get to do, right? And think about how much we need accountability in our Christian walk, right? So if you're excluding that to a certain population, because maybe you assume they, they don't get it or whatever the case may be, then they're missing out or yeah, and you're missing out too, and and watching them grow with the Lord. Share for me the the story. I loved the story in your book about when you were in Peru. You've been able to experience incredible things. So share share a little bit about the experiences that you've been able to have. But then, if you could zero in on the Peru story with Will, I would love for you to just kind of share that with people. Sure, I've um, had the chance or opportunity to travel globally and do mission work with a local nonprofit, Break the Barriers. Probably a lot of people. I've heard about it. Or Love not. Break the Barriers. Yeah. They're amazing. It's so funny. Just like side note, whenever anybody from Break the Barriers uh, commences from Regen, there are like 30 extra people in the audience every single time. It's amazing. Oh, we have a big support system. That- when I do anything at the church, there's 30 less people. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it was our last day in Peru. We are about to head to the airport, but they asked us to stop by this hospital to just fellowship with the people that... I guess it seemed as though the people that were there either lived there, they weren't just going for a visit. Kind of, it gave me like an orphanage vibe. So mm. people with majority of them had physical disabilities. So it was our, you know, we're just chilling there in the lobby, hanging out with these kids. And this this guy came up, he had to be early 20s, and he's speaking Spanish to me. I didn't understand. And he's like, he had this big, ginormous, you know, typical hospital wheelchair. And you can just see it didn't fit him. Like he was, you know, had a really hard time maneuvering it because he had to reach outside of the, the rims to get the wheels. It just, it looked really cumbersome and uncomfortable. And so the translator was like, oh, he wants to know how to get a wheelchair like yours. And mine was fitted for me. It's more of an athletic wheelchair. And I'm like, man, well, I'm trying to explain, like, how do you explain? Like, well, medical insurance will help, you know, yeah, too. he's not going to understand that. And so uh, have you guys heard of Johnny and Friends yeah. Ministry? So yeah. it's a multifaceted disability ministry, but they also distribute wheelchairs to awesome. people in other countries that need them. And I was like, well, what about Johnny and Friends? Don't they come to Peru? And they were like, no, they haven't made it over here yet. So I'm like, okay, well, why don't you just try my wheelchair out, you know? So 
I transfer out, he gets in, and another fellow teammate of mine, he's like showing him all these wheelies and showing him how to maneuver. And as I'm sitting there watching him, the Holy Spirit just speaks to me so clearly. He's like, give him your chair. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, are you sure, God? But technically, like, we were done performing. I didn't need it. I have my pegs. My pegs are crutches. I call them pegs. I have my crutches to be able to maneuver and get around. And we're going to be sitting on a plane flight for who knows how long. So I, I won't need to be getting up a lot. And you have your teammates if you get in a jam and you can't figure out how to get around. So like questioning God and praying, like, are you sure, you know, but he just kept pressing at my heart, give the chair, give the chair. So I pull somebody over and I'm like, okay, I want to give him my chair, you know? And he was just in such disbelief, like Mm. could not believe it. And you could just see him light up and immediately he's trying wheelies, you know, and just being really brave. But then a couple months later, when you know the trip's over, we're we're back home already. Uh, I get a message from someone who we did ministry with there in Peru, and she was saying, "Oh my gosh, Tara, Will is just Will is the gentleman I gave the chair to. He's just he came to me in tears. He was like, why would anybody give something so valuable away? Like somehow he found out how much a chair costs." She was like, I told him it's because the love of Christ, you know, compelled you and Mm. you wanted to show him that everything you have comes from God, you know. And so it was neat that that didn't click in right away, maybe when we left, but even after. And I, I think I gave him like two stipulations, like in order for you to have the chair, like you should pursue physical therapy just to improve your physical health and then. Um, also go back to school because uh, his accident prevented him from, you know, living out daily life. So instead of being trapped in that hospital, like go, go, like get out there. So I found out that he was able to graduate from university and he would book it in that chair, wow. like wheel two miles just to get uh, to the university if he couldn't find a taxi or something. It. I think he's graduated and... I love how the Holy Spirit used an act of generosity to change somebody's life. I love that story. Thanks for sharing that. And I love that you didn't just like gift it without like inspiring him, yeah. you know, to say like, like just because you're in this chair doesn't mean that you have to resign yourself to this very small life, you know, like now you're in this chair, but look where you can take it. Look where I've taken it and get after it. I just love that. Mm. I love that. Well, I hope that everyone who's listening is inspired to just do what they can, to to love their neighbor as themselves, regardless of what culture or what what their abilities are like or what they look like. Like I, I hope that this episode inspires inclusivity in the church in so many ways. And so Tara, I'm thankful that you took the time to be here. Thank you for being here. And for those of you listening, go buy her book. It's Mom, What Happened to Her. You can buy it on Amazon and you won't regret it. It's a really great read. Tara, thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I feel so privileged. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about the Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.